Thank you for listening to this message from Resurrection Life Church in Granville, Michigan. Let's turn to Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7. And I do, I think that uh, digging into God's word and seeing what it has to say is fun. I think it's a lot of fun. And Matthew 7 verse 24 says this. It says, therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rains came down and the storms rose and the winds blew and they beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house in the sand, the rains came down, the storms rose, the winds blew and beat against that house, yet, well, no, not yet, but that one did fall with a great crash. And if you're here on Sunday, we ask the question, why did that house fall? Was it because of the storm? And I said, no, 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 or was it because of its foundation? We said, it fell because of its foundation, because the same storm hit both houses. And we really went through and we said, here's what we, we, we know for sure. You're going to hit a storm. Jesus said it in John 16, He said, I've told you these things that you may have peace because in this world you will have trouble. You're just going to have trouble. And then if you're married, you just get extra trouble. The Bible says those who marry, you get trouble. It's just, it's just like your own little version of it. It's just, it's just special for you. It's definitely worth it. Don't get me wrong. But it's just your own little bubble of trouble. Thought I'd throw that one in there. But it also says this. See, the Bible doesn't say that everything is going to be easy. But instead, God says that we can do everything through him who gives us strength. That when we rely on him, that we can make it through those storms. And then we talked about preparation. We said preparation changes the way that, not only the way that we go through the storm, but preparation changes the way that we live even before. It changes it. Because we don't have to worry or think about it. Jesus said in John 16, 33, I've told you these things so that you may have peace. That's what he came for. He said, so that you can have peace. But as we look at the two people that built, that built their house, we notice that the majority of the things that they did were the same. They both heard, they both built, and they both had storms hit. And then we looked and we said, well, obviously the difference was the foundation. So there's, there's the difference. But what made the one guy have the great foundation? And that's really what we're going to dig into today. Is doing what the word of God said. Because this is exactly what Jesus says in Matthew 7, 24. It did not fall because his foundation was on the rock. But if we go right to the verse, right to verse 24, it says, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man. See, hearing isn't enough. Knowing what to do is not enough. We have to do something with it. We have to do something with it. Computers are great. I think they're a lot of fun. One way that they're really fun is watching my dad try to use one. He is it, is, it is really, really funny. He gets over there and, and he grabs the, the thing that clicks because he doesn't know that it's even really called a mouse. I mean, seriously. And then he tries to move the thing around and, and it, it, it's ridiculous. And we just laugh. Like, he'll say, hey, can you look something up for me? And I have an absolute right, like, getting him almost there. And they're just saying, all you have to do is click right there. And he's like, Samuel. And I'm like, no, seriously, all I have to do is click right there. And then he's trying to get it, and then he 
he doesn't know which things are touch screens and which things aren't, so he's touching every screen, and oh, it's an absolute riot. But here's the thing. It doesn't matter what that computer can do in his hands. It's a boat anchor. Like, seriously, it's a boat anchor. A small, a good one, a bad one. It does it either way. Because to him, he doesn't know how to use it. And when we do not use what we hear, it doesn't do us any good. Doesn't matter what that computer can do if you don't know how to use it. And if we do not use what it is that we hear, and here's the thing, is so many times we think, well, if I hear it, it'll just, I'll just change as a result of hearing what I heard, those things, and then the change will come. But what it said here in verse 24 is that the wise person hears the words and puts them into practice. You have to put them into practice. Putting means that you have to do something. It, it, it requires action, the, the put of the pudding. You have to put it. We've got that part many of us leave out. We think, I heard that message, that's great. It was, it, it was good, I sat there, I was like, yep, I connected, oh, that was for me. I read that, I saw that in God's word, and I thought, yeah, that's for me, that's so good. But then we close that book. We exit the app and we walk away and we forget about the pudding part. We forget about where we put it into our lives. That's where the real change comes. That's where the real benefit comes in. It comes in there. Without the pudding, it ain't happening. Without the pudding, we miss out. We miss out on so, so much. We have to actually do that. Like what James 1.22 says. It says this, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. That's, that's good. Verse 25, but the man who looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues to do this, not forgetting what he has heard, but doing it will be blessed. The one that does it. The one that does it. You've got to have the pudding part. Putting it into every part of your life. I talked with a guy recently and he says, hey, I, he says, I never saw this coming, but I don't understand how this is happening. He says, explain to me how someone can go to church their entire life. He says, I haven't been at your church very long. He says, but everything I know about it is great. I love the teaching he said, but explain to me how somebody that I know has been there their entire life, sitting under great teaching, going once, twice a week, they're there. But he said, they are not living, they're not living a godly life. He said, how can they go and sit under teaching and sit under that and hear great messages over and over and over and over and over, but not, and, and, then, and then leave and walk out the door and live like there's no God. He says, I don't understand it. And I, I'm like, the answer is pudding. If we don't put it into practice, it doesn't do us any good. And that requires action. And not just once, because that, I think that's the hard part, is we think, I want to do that. But it's a lot like dieting. Raise your hand if you've ever been on a diet. Really? None of us, like seven, eight, that, not many of us died apparently, <laughs> all right. 
Maybe that's a good thing or a bad thing. I have no idea. I'll just leave that one alone, but it's something. But if you were to diet, what does it take? Is it, is it you just saying, hey, I want to go on a diet? No. It's you, it takes you saying, yeah, I want to go on a diet. And then as you're walking along and you're seeing all these little, the next time the little, they're like, ooh, there's, that looks good. I could use a no-bake cookie. Yeah, I could use all of them. I'll eat the whole batch. You have to say no right then. You have to take that decision that you made and say, okay, I'm gonna do it right now. I'm gonna put that into action and I'm gonna say no to that. And then a little bit later, something else goes on and you're a little bit further. You're over here like, oh, wait a second. No, I can't, no, I don't wanna eat that either. Yeah, I'm gonna exercise. I'm gonna do this. Making the decision is the easy part. Change is easy. It's just staying that way. Saying I'm gonna diet, I'm gonna diet right now. I'm done. I'm I'm dieting which is so easy until I had go to eat. And then it all changes, right? It's like, whoa, hold on. And it's the same with God's word. We can sit and hear a message. We can read and be like, oh, or, or wherever that's coming from, say, okay, God, I see how that applies to my life. I wanna do that. But where we actually put it into action and what gives us that foundation that allows us to stand through the storms is the putting, the putting it into action where all of a sudden we're interacting with family or we're interacting over here, our boss, employee, whatever it is, and we say, wait a second, How I, what is it that I'm supposed to be doing here? No, I forgave this person and I am gonna walk in forgiveness. I'm gonna walk in forgiveness and I'm gonna remember that I forgave them every time this thought comes up about them. I'm just gonna say it over and over. No, I forgave them. I wish forgiveness was just a one-time thing, that you could just say, I forgive them, and like magic wand thing, like abracadabra forgiveness. And then like you didn't have any harsh feelings the next time you saw them, and they had a smile on their face, and you're just like, oh. Because all of a sudden, you've gotta forgive them again. You're like, wait, wait, no, I chose to forgive them. I'm gonna choose to walk in that forgiveness. I'm, I'm not going to do that. It's, it's, it's the pudding saying, I'm going to do this. I'm going to. I'm going to forget. I'm going to continue to do this because it is not automatic. It's not. But let's, let's look at James. As, we, as we, we read James 1, 22, do not merely deceive yourselves, but do what the word of God says. But let's look at verse, what verse 25 says. It says this. But the man who looks intently into the perfect law. The man who looks intently into the perfect law. Underline that verse in your Bible, intently. Highlight it, whatever you've gotta do. If you don't have your Bible thing, write it down intently. I think this is, this is, this is key to this whole thing. I wanna, I wanna read Mark chapter four, verse 24. It says this. Then he added, pay close attention to what you hear. The closer you listen, the more you will under, the more understanding you will be given and you will receive even more. Verse 25, to those who listen to my teaching, more understanding will be given, but for those who are not listening, even what little understanding they have will be taken away. This right here is how two people can sit in the exact same service, hear the exact same message, can sit and read the same verse out of the Bible, hear the same message, read the same thing, and one person say, that's exactly what I needed to hear, thank you, that answered my question, and somebody else can sit there and say, that was a complete waste of my time, I got absolutely nothing. Because the Bible says that 
with the level that we listen, with the level that we draw out of what it is that we pull on, the word of God, as we look into it, as we pull on the person that's speaking, as we pull on and we say, okay, what I'm reading, what I'm hearing, the level of attention that we give to it, God says, because of that, the closer you listen, the more understanding will be given. That it's not just pieces, that there's 27 pieces to this puzzle and I give you all 27 and you just get 27. But the more that you listen, the more that the Holy Spirit, that inside of you, you get, you get piece one, but then there's 1.2 that was, that, that's specific to you. And so God says, you need this one. And he gives you 1.2, and then you go to two, and then there's two, and there's three, four, five. And then all of a sudden, there's this other piece over here that kind of flows in, and you're like, wait a second, that connects with this. And all of a sudden, that comes over here. I, I saw this in my own life when I went to Bible school. I, I grew up in church. The doors were open. When they weren't open, I was at church. Like the first building I ever broke into was church. Like <laughs> I spent time at church. That's what I did. And yeah, I broke into church. But anyways, I, I, I spent, I was in services. First building I ever broke into. This is the only one. But anyways, so <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I've got a whole list of these. We'll get to that later. But anyways, I spent tons of time in and out and for services, um, in high school, one of the things I then began to do is I ran sound, so I'd run sound for different events. So not only was I at the services that I would be at, which would be like three on Sunday, uh, three services on Sunday, or yeah, Saturday, two Sunday morning services, a Wednesday service, but then I would do like the men's, so I would do like five or six services every single week throughout high school. I was there all the time. But one thing I really noticed when I went to Bible school that changed for me was all of a sudden, I'm sitting in Bible school, and I'm like, all right, I'm going to get something out of this, because this, I, I. and I began to really pay attention to what was being said. And I'm sitting there taking notes, sometimes like falling asleep, getting up and standing up in the back of class, leaning up against the wall, because I'm so tired from this working, and, and I'm like, all right, I'm going to pay attention to this, I'm going to get something out of this. But this is what I noticed. When I got in there, all of a sudden, I would just be sitting there, and I'm like, he said this. And you know what? That lines up with what I remember hearing over here. And other parts were beginning to come together that I did not have before. That, that when I began paying attention and really, really pulling on what I was hearing, saying, okay, how does this apply to me, and, and what does this mean, that all of a sudden, I was able to connect more dots and things and, and, and messages that I had heard from, from youth and from kids and from riding in the car with my dad, because he continually listened to teaching and something was going on. He made us read books, too, and all this stuff. I was like, wait a second, that lines up with this, and remember this, but as I paid attention and really began to draw on it that all of a sudden, like, oh, well, this falls in place too. Oh, oh, and don't forget this. And if this really means this here, and if he was standing here and he said this in the Bible, then what about this guy here and how he said this? And does this help this happen here? And this guy said this. And I remember just sitting there and literally smiling and being like, this is awesome. I'd never had this before. I'm like, this is awesome because I'm getting what this guy's telling me right now and I'm getting application out of this and I'm absolutely loving it. 
but all of this, some of this other stuff that I've heard over the years is now making sense. And I see where it fits together like I never have before. And I believe that that is because exactly what it says here, that the closer you listen, the more understanding will be given. That the more that we say, okay, I need, I want to get out of this, that it is given to us. That we intently look at, that we meditate on God's word. And we say, okay, I'm gonna go do that. That we meditate on it, and then we go do. That's how I learn. I, I don't know about you, but I don't want a bunch of information. I don't, I don't do well with large amounts of information. I want something that I can do, and then I'm gonna go do it, and then after I do it, then what's next? And now I need the next piece of information so I can go do it. And I wanna take it to the next level. And then I wanna go to the next thing. And then I wanna go to the next thing. And I wanna go to the next thing. See, Becca and I are totally different in this. She gets, she gets a sewing machine. And I don't remember how long it was, if it was like two days later or if it was one day later, but I remember it was way too long. I came home and I'd gotten her the sewing machine. And, and uh, I was really excited because she wanted it and I got to get it for her. I'm like, yeah, I'm a good husband. This is awesome. I got her a sewing machine and she likes it. Well, I get home and the sewing machine is still in the box. And I'm like, that's money in a box. Like, what's it doing there? Like, seriously. It was, it's one of those things that she really likes, but I don't really, I bought it for her. And I'm like, what's it doing in the box? I'm like, do you not like it? And she's like, oh, no. She's like, I'm just reading the manual. I'm like, what? Who does that? Like, who reads the manual? See, I don't do it that way. I I'd get the machine out and be like, I don't know how to do this. And I look for that one thing I don't know how to do and go, ah, and then I use it some more. But that's just, that's just me. I don't want to know everything because it gets lost. There's, there's too much information. For me, not for her. She soaks the whole thing up and is like, well, actually, I'm an expert. This is how I, just starts going through every bit of it. But however it is that we, we learn and get it, when we press in and when we go after it, God says, you watch what happens. This is, there's a spiritual law in this, that if you're faithful with little, you get more. You get more. But when, when we don't try, and here's the interesting part, look what it said, to those who listen, my teaching, more understanding will be given. But those who are not listening, even what little understanding they have will be taken away from them. Isn't that, isn't that interesting? It'll be taken away. And if you look at the parable of the farmer of this, who sows his seeds, we see how they are taken away. Some are choked by the worries of this life. Some by the deceitfulness of wealth. Others by Satan himself. That it actually gets choked and taken from us. But that we say, okay, I want to, I'm gonna get something out of this. I'm gonna get the most I possibly, possibly can. And this verse here in Mark has changed the way that I listen to messages. It's changed the way. So, okay, if I have the opportunity, I, I wanna make sure that I am listening and getting everything that I can out of it. Everything that I can out of it. I wanna make sure that I'm not just sitting there saying, okay, I've heard this two times already. I've heard this before. I know where he's going in this. I know this story. I know what's next. But really look at it, okay, God, what do you have for me in this? And I pray that I'm not in the same place that I was last time I heard this or read this, but I wanna be someplace else. And as I see, it, I, I can see the same thing from another side of the mountain and get a totally different view. I don't wanna be in the same place that I was before. 
and really press in and get everything, everything that we can out of it. Everything that we can. As we continue in James chapter 1, 25 says this. But the man who looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues to do these things, not forgetting what he has heard, but doing it. We have to do it. It's the pudding. It's putting it into practice in our lives. We can be experts, but we've got to do it. We have to apply it. You, you, and here's the thing. You can talk about what it's like to swim all day long, but really to understand swimming, you need to get, you gotta get wet. You, you've gotta get wet. I found this picture that I thought was pretty, pretty interesting. Can we throw that up there, guys? So this is from the 1920s, and there was uh, some school kids who didn't have water, and so they were teaching them how to swim without water. And I saw that and I thought, oh man, I wonder what happened. Like I wonder if they were just like, yeah, I got this. I know how to like do this thing. Like I know exactly what I'm doing. They just went and jumped in the first chance that they got or what. But there's so, only so much you can learn this way. You've got to begin to do it. To take it into pieces and say, this is how I'm gonna do this part. See, our Christian life is not, here's the Christian thing that I do. Like I go to church and I listen to Christian radio. Like, it's rough, but yeah, I do it because I'm a Christian. So here's like the Christian stuff that I do, and then here's the rest of my life. Me being a Christian changes the way that I do everything. It impacts every area, and the two things, my Christianity affects every area of my life. It affects the way that I raise my kids, that I treat my neighbors, that I talk to the bank teller, that I interact with a waitress or waitress, waiter, waiter, there we go. The waiter and the waitress at the restaurant, whatever it is, it changes the way we interact with everybody. Because I'm a Christian, I want to be a light in all that we do. It's saying, okay, here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna live this out. I want this to be a part of everything that I'm doing. And in every single way that we live it out, we don't, nah, I don't think we do. But I think it's easy to make God your umbrella. To say, something's wrong, I'm gonna run to you, God, and now protect me. Something's broken, this isn't right, I need healing, I don't know what else to do, so now I'm gonna run to God, now I'm gonna make him my umbrella. It's easy to make God our umbrella. We need to seek after him with all that we have. The time to prepare is now. The time to train is not on race day. That's a bad idea. That's a real bad idea. And I'll tell you how I know that's a bad idea. So I'm down at Bible school and somebody comes to me like, hey, we're gonna go run a 5K. You wanna run? I'm like, yeah, sure, sounds good. When is it? They're like, oh, it's in a, it's in a couple a week or a couple of weeks. I'm like, yeah, sure. And then I'm thinking to myself after they go, I'm like, I wonder, I haven't been running at all. So I'm like, I wonder how fast I can run a 5K. And I'm like, well, I should probably find out. Like go for a couple runs and see, see, what, see what it is. So I don't remember if it was like three or four days before the race, I decide that uh, 
I'm gonna go run a 5K to see how I run a 5K, not in a race, and then I'll know I'll be able to run faster in the race, right? So off I go, and I run a 5K, and I'm like, oh, well, all right, that was, I finished. I don't remember exactly what my time was, but I was like, all right, yeah, it's pretty good. This is gonna be fun. I think it was two or three days later is the race. Two or three days later, my legs had not recovered from the first one, and I'm like, we're walking out to do, go to the race, and I'm like, I should not have done that. That, that didn't help me. That hurt me, and I know it. And I'm just like sitting there with a smile like, oh, great. Whoops. You can't say, oh, the race is today. Now I'm going to prepare. The time to prepare is right now. It's to decide, say, okay, I want to with everything that I am. Today I'm going to choose to live for God. In this situation, I'm going to choose to apply everything that I know right, right here, right now. It's easy to look and say, you know, if I had done this back then, yeah, 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 I, I can see the difference that that would have made in my life, but today, I, I, it's almost too late. It's kind of like that when do you plant a tree thing. Of course, 10 years ago, right? That's the best time to plant a tree, <laughs> 10 years ago, because then it would be this. Beck and I, where we're living, uh, they're wanting to put some apartments and stuff behind us, and I just look and I think, well, I've lived here like 13 years. If I had planted trees right when I moved in here, I wouldn't see anything back there. I could have a forest between me and whatever they put back there. But the truth is, I can't, I don't have a time machine. If I did, sweet, it's a good thing to ponder and think about, but I don't. So the honest truth is, the best time to plant a tree is right now, is today. It doesn't matter what, what opportunities you may have missed, this, that, or the next thing. The time to say, I'm gonna begin to do it right and to do it God's way and to apply the things that I've heard is today and it's right now. I'm gonna apply it in the area. Yeah, I may have missed this or not done this here or screwed up, screwed up this relationship as a result, but today I'm gonna apply it with everything that I have. I'm gonna apply it right now. Begin to do it God's way right now and it will make a difference later. It's gonna make the difference. You will see the fruit of it later. I was talking with somebody uh, this week and uh, some, some of the extended family on his wife's side, he's like, it's just, it's, 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 just, it's just not good. He's like, it's really not good. He's like, it's, it's kind of crazy. That they're, they're, there's, there's Christians, there's non-Christians, and he's like, and then there's, then there's my wife's family. He's like, they're just opposed to anything that's Christian. They're, they're just absolutely opposed to it. And I looked at him, and I'm like, but here's, here's what's gonna happen. I said, I can almost predict what will happen. You guys haven't been married that long, so here's, here's what's gonna happen. You and your wife, you begin to show them what a godly relationship looks like. How godly couples get along. They, they get to see how you guys go in and out of trouble and, the, and they see the joy and the happiness that you're having and how you guys interact and, and how you lead her and how you love her and how you care for her and how happy she is in this relationship. I said, five years down the road, they're gonna be coming to you. They're gonna be coming to your wife and saying, hey, how is it that, that you guys are so happy? Why is it that you guys don't fight like so-and-so and this, that, and the next thing? I said, it's long-term. I said, but it is going to happen. I said, and you get to be a light and a witness as a result of it. I said, but you have to hold it. You begin to put it into practice right now and you see what's gonna happen later. You're not gonna see the difference tomorrow. You're not just gonna automatically say, oh my goodness, I'm, I'm really gonna live this out and they're just gonna 
see it and immediately say, wow, you guys are great. And when we apply God's word to our life, say, I'm gonna do the pudding part. I'm gonna put it in here. It begins to change our lives. It begins to change and people around you are not gonna notice it right away. But it's like the person that you don't see for three or four months, maybe a year or two, and then come back and you see them and you're like, I didn't even recognize you. And they're like, yeah, yeah, I've been dieting, you know, that thing that some of us do. If it's your kids, seriously, mine are at the stage where if I don't, like, I I think it's like two days, and I come back, I'm like, oh my goodness, what happened to you? Like, your voice is different, and you're taller, and oh, wrong one. No, I'm kidding. But it's just, they, they grow and they change so fast. But you look and you say, oh, I see the difference. And here's what's gonna happen. It's not gonna be immediate. But you wait and you begin to do this and say, I'm gonna make that decision where I'm gonna put this stuff into practice. I'm gonna see how I can take this and put it in my life. And that's how we have that sure foundation that we stand on. It's not just hearing the word of God, it's taking it and digesting it, ripping it apart, meditating on it and saying, okay, how God can I do this? How, how am I gonna live this out? For me, what does this look like? Not just for everybody else, but what does this look like for me? How, how can I be all that you've created me to be? And what does this speak to me? And it's gonna make a difference in your life. Would you guys bow your heads and close your eyes? We're out of time tonight, but before we leave, I wanna make sure that every single person, every single person that can hear me, you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you're on your way to heaven. You don't have to wonder. You don't have to think, well, I hope that one day I can earn a spot. You don't have to do that. The Bible says you can know that you have salvation. And there's nothing that we could ever do to earn it. Our good could never outweigh the bad. There's not a cosmic scale of someone, someone keeping track and, oh, if you do a good enough good, it'll outweigh some of the stuff here. No, God sent his son Jesus to pay the price we couldn't pay so that we could be free. When Jesus died on the cross, he came and lived a perfect, sinless life. But he died and he shed his blood to pay and to make a way for you and I to be set free. He was the perfect sacrifice. The Bible says if we confess with our mouth and believe in our hearts that Jesus died on the cross and rose again, we will be saved. You can know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you're on your way to heaven, that you're forgiven, set free from the guilt and shame of your past and begin to walk in the peace that comes only through a relationship with God. So if that's you tonight, or if you say, you know what, there was a time that yes, I, I, I did. I was living for God, but I've turned my back on him and I've ran away and I'm so far from it. You can come back. Jesus said in his word, he says, if you ask for forgiveness, he's faithful and just to forgive. He's faithful and just to forgive that we just ask. In fact, Jesus in talking, he, he, said, he said he's waiting like a father with his arms wide open, but he wouldn't even wait there for you, that he is waiting for you and he would learn to run to you and he's just waiting for the invitation. So if you're here tonight, I'd love to pray with you and you can leave your knowing man a shadow of a doubt that you're on your way to heaven to be set free from the guilt and shame of your past and begin to walk in the peace that comes only through a relationship with him. If that's you on the count of three, I want you to shoot your hand up high and say, that's me, and I want to make that decision. None of this halfway stuff. You're saying, I want to be forgiven. I want us to be set free, and I want to be able to walk in that peace that comes only through a relationship with God. Ready? One, two.
two, three. Lift it up high right now. Say, that's me, and I want that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All the way up. None of this halfway stuff. I, what was that? All right, we good? All the way up? Thank you. All right, put those hands down. And let's all just pray with those that lifted their hands. And you, as you lifted your hand, I want you to say this from your heart. Make these words your own as you say this. Let's all pray together. Say, Jesus, forgive me and make me new. Thank you for dying, for shedding your blood so I could be free. From now on, I'm going to live for you. With all that I am, I'm yours. Come rule and reign in my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, give him a hand. That is awesome. For more information about ResLife, please visit our website at reslife.org. If you have questions about ResLife or would like directions to visit us, please feel free to call 616-534-4923.